Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Not Defined by Endo with me, Teniola. I have been on a mission, a mission to find and amplify the voices of amazing people who have founded health-focused businesses, services, or not-for-profit organizations. These people are working really hard to make a positive difference in the lives of people battling different kinds of health issues or those just wanting to make better decisions regarding their health. Why am I doing this? Well, I'll tell you why. Living with illness is so difficult. Sometimes, no, most times, it consumes and overwhelms us. It takes over our lives until we feel like there is nothing left to enjoy. So I decided that this season of the podcast would focus on people doing something good for health. Many of these founders discovered strength from their own personal lives and stories and are making such a great impact. I wanted to speak to them, understand their motivations and get excited by what they have to offer. So join me on this journey and let's meet this inspirational people together. And so for our very first episode in this season, I'm speaking to Anna from an amazing company called UpCircle. UpCircle is a natural, sustainable skincare company founded by Anna and her brother Will, which repurposes would-be waste ingredients to create award-winning skincare and beauty products. Anyone that knows me knows how important sustainable living is to me. So you can imagine my excitement when I discovered how UpCircle is making use of leftover coffee grounds, aromatic chai spices, and even fruits don't waste to make good for you and good for the environment skincare products. Join me today as we understand more of Anna's story and get inspired by what she's doing. Hello and welcome Anna to Not Defined by Endo podcast today. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I know it's a Sunday morning and it's quite early, so I hope we'll be awake this morning as we as we have this conversation. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about who you are and what you do and what UpCircle is all about. So let's begin. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start with a personal question. I want to, before we start talking about what you do, I want us to talk about who Anna is. So, you know, I'm interested to know what your childhood was like, how, you know, you became who you are today. Oh, what a big question. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I had a brilliant childhood. Uh, I am one of three children. So I've got a big brother who I just happened to uh, manage my business with and then a younger sister who I live with. So we're all very close in different ways. Uh, and then my parents, who obviously brought us up, are amazing as well. So they were both teachers. Uh, and one of the best things about that in terms of my childhood is that some of my best memories are of our holidays because with teachers obviously they get the same holidays as um, kids so particularly every summer it was my mum in particular would put this huge effort towards taking us on some sort of crazy adventure and not to you know a lot of the places that I would see my friends going um, we would really kind of backpack it throughout our whole lives um, to to amazing places you know the Philippines Sri Lanka India 
uh, all over uh, Asia, particularly. Um, but like, you know, not, not staying in nice hotels, you know, we were on public, <laughs> public transport and um, really getting authentic experiences, you know, 15 hour train journeys and things like that. So that's one element of my childhood that I absolutely loved. Uh, I think we've all got a pretty good sort of work ethic. We're all quite driven individuals. Um, but, but I feel like, you know, there's, there's a bit of pressure in that, I guess. Uh, which is why I think eventually, uh, well, not eventually, I was still quite young when I when I started my own business. But I, I'd always felt a little bit of pressure, probably more from my school than my parents, to go down quite a traditional career route and to make sure I was making money and that I was secure and that you know I could afford rent. <laughs> I live in London, so uh, that's always that's always a scary thing. Um, so that was that was challenging because unlike my brother, for example. I am much more of a creative person and I feel like that's a challenge when it comes to choosing what you want to do. So, you know, I wanted to be a makeup artist at one point and, uh, oh, can I do text? I I love textiles and sewing. I was like, oh, maybe I can, you know, go down the fine art route, Uh, but never actually really had the guts to pursue any of those things properly. Um, So like at uni, for example, I chose to do history of art and that was very carefully decided because I was like oh well you know it's still academic so it's fine um but no in terms of my actual personality and my my character I'm uh, yeah a lot more creative kind of free-spirited I suppose but in short my my childhood was great you know I, I feel very lucky um to be so close with my family and to be a person who you know I'm super social as well so I've always had uh lots of close friends and um I I absolutely cherish my time with them as well. So, um, yeah, a, a good childhood overall, I would say. That's good. That's good to know. Um, what you were saying about, you know, feeling like you have to go the traditional route, that's so, so true. And even in my culture, because I'm Nigerian and, you know, in our culture, everyone says your parents expect you to either be a doctor, lawyer, engineer or accountant. So if you're mm-hmm. not one of those, then you're like, oh, God, what am I going to do with my life? But I feel like this is changing a lot now. There's loads of creatives, um, thanks to, you know, IT, funny enough, the technological tools that we have. There are loads of people who can just do their own thing now and um, are actually creatives and are doing really well. So I think we're slowly letting go of that idea or that um, way. Way of thinking that you have to do those traditional things for but yeah that sounds like an amazing childhood I, I would love to travel the world and actually I think that's more sustainable when you travel and you're not going into five-star hotels and things like that because you can't afford most people can't afford it but if you do it the, the way your parents did it then that would be so good <laughs> I also I've never it's never really made sense to me why people would bother traveling to different countries and then just being in like an all-inclusive where you then just eat English or American food and yet you're in this you know completely new culture uh it just it just made no sense to me so I think that that's something that has been built into my personality now because of my childhood um like this just yeah drive for much more authentic experiences I suppose and then when it comes to the career-based stuff I guess now that I'm a female founder and the business is um, you know, it's going pretty well. Mm. I, I've got this personal like mission, I suppose, to try to make sure that young girls in particular um, don't feel that same pressure to, to only go for certain careers. Yeah. Uh, so I do, I, I go like, for example, I went back to my uh, secondary school and I've done 
uh, sick form lectures and career wow. days and uh, even in primary schools just to be like hey look you know I was you and I get it and yes doctor great I mean don't get me wrong these are obviously amazing um, career options but if you're someone who doesn't naturally have that like I am useless at maths absolutely <laughs> useless um, but words like numbers don't compute in my head at all but words are like I've never needed to learn how to spell for example it just all makes sense to me right um, and so you know similarly someone who's incredible at painting might just be like I have no idea what to do here so I think that there's value in having someone like me being like look you'll figure it out and it, you might have to do a few years here and a few years there and do some internships and you know maybe try fashion or do this but I think um I would have appreciated having someone go into my school and rather than it just being the classic hmm. uh, you know engineering doctor maths I would have appreciated someone from a more creative industry coming back into my school and saying, you know, there's loads of careers in this as well. Yeah, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, yeah so true. Okay, so let's talk about how you um, came into the world of sustainability, if that's the word I will use. Because <laughs> my own personal experience, I think I was saying before that I usually just I, I don't even know what my motivation or how I started but I just know that I really loved you know making my own creams trying to find a natural so if I had a headache for example I'll try to google what natural ways to cure a headache or something I had if you check my google history you'll see natural ways to blah 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 blah, blah loads of them because I just wanted to see if there were ways that were not chemical laden if that makes sense to mm-hmm. do whatever I needed to do And then I was diagnosed with endometriosis and, you know, doing a lot of research and understanding a bit more about the disease, understanding that it's an estrogen dependent condition, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. the condition really relies on estrogen. Sometimes it even creates its own estrogen, which is a problem because we have loads of chemicals in our daily lives and some of them are actually estrogen mimickers as well, which means Mm -hmm. that they even increase the load and you then have to find ways to now get rid of that from your body and reduce your symptoms and things like that. So I think that even pushed me even more into, you know, you know, finding ways to reduce chemical, but also somehow, I don't know if they they go hand in hand, but also, being wanting to be sustainable wanting to reduce waste and things like that so I find myself kind of in this world of Mm. trying to just improve my life and improve the world as well so what's your story like and how did you get into this world I think it's definitely been a gradual process um and that's often my advice when it comes to people making transitions is that it takes time um for our specific business so upcircle uh is a skincare brand and we we make all of our products from upcycled ingredients so every single formulation is made from uh an otherwise would be waste ingredient and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about where I was at in my life. So it was five years ago that I launched and I launched it with my brother. Um, he was in banking, <laughs> classic. And, and I was uh, I was working as a, a retail area manager in one of the big supermarkets uh, in the UK. So at my age, I think I was uh, yeah 23 then. I was doing pretty well, but it was one of those things where I would come home at the end of the day and I was physically and mentally exhausted and I was just thinking, like, why am I doing this? Is this is this the rest of my life? Is this really what I want? And my brother felt exactly the same way. You know, yes, I could feel empowered in the fact that um, 
you know, I was arguably, I don't know, like well-respected or whatever, but um, I was still working in a discount supermarket retailer and that didn't fulfill me. That didn't make me feel um, like I was, you know, leaving a positive mark on the world. So both of us uh, were kind of keen to switch and to go it alone and to do something that was truly a our own and that we could, you know, have that complete autonomy over the decision-making and it could happen quickly and we could feel like we were actually having an input, uh, but B something that was, um, would leave a, a positive imprint on the, on the planet, I suppose. And then we had this idea. Uh, my brother walked into the coffee shop that he always would get his morning coffee from and just asked them what they do with their coffee grounds at the end of the day. And then they told him that they produce so much, and this was just a small independent, not a big chain, uh, but they produce so much coffee waste per day that they have to pay the local council to have it disposed of at landfill sites. So all of a sudden he was like, oh, okay, that's a, that's crazy. Like, I didn't know that. Um, coffee is so popular. It's never going to yeah. get, it's not going to get less popular in our lifetimes. Um, and it's this big negative environmental uh, problem that people don't realize because when it gets to landfill, it rots and then it produces methane, which is a greenhouse gas. So uh, we had like the problem, you know, when people start a business, they often talk about the problem and the solution. So the problem that we had kind of identified was this crazy amount of coffee waste just being sent to landfill every day. Uh, and then I guess I came in given that I had wanted to be a makeup artist for years and uh, had this keen interest in skincare and natural ingredients, I knew how fantastic coffee is for your skin. So I said, well, why don't we just start making little exfoliators out of it? Um, and we, we booked a, a little stand at the London Coffee Festival to test both the concepts and the actual products. Mm -hmm. And we absolutely, it, they flew out the door. People loved them. Um, so that was kind of our the point at which everything changed and we decided to launch the business and then I suppose my personal journey through sustainability has I've always been on one but yes it's definitely accelerated in the last five years through having my work life be so so engrossed in that world as well mm. um I've always been someone who cares practically vegan I mean I would I'd, I'd, <laughs> I try not to label things with too harsher terms because yeah. if I went over to someone's house and you know their mum had cooked for me or whatever then I would eat what was on on the plate kind of thing but uh, I'm very conscious of my purchasing decisions mm. and the way I live my life and kind of minimizing the impact I have with everything so yeah, it's definitely got more in the last five years since my work life has also replicated that. And I've finally been able to bring my personal values and my work values into one. Um, but yeah, it's something that that changes all the time. And, and people ask me all the time recommendations for things. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm not perfect. Like a lot of my makeup still isn't isn't the most ethical stuff in the world. Like my fake tan, for example, <laughs> I'm not willing to compromise yet <laughs> until I find the right thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, switching period products or there's so many categories uh, where you can make improvements. And I think you just have to take it slowly and, and wait until you find the right thing because it has to work first and foremost. Yeah, I remember someone saying, I think I saw it maybe on a social media post or something that it's not about you know a few people doing zero waste and sustainability perfectly but like everyone doing it imperfectly that would make more of an impact so yeah you're right it just yeah you have to just do it little by little one step at a time one product at a time and see how it goes I completely like I I, I believe that so strongly and I try to make that the point in the messaging 
on our channel as well. Um, I think it's just like we just had veganery, for example. Mm. And I think that with all of all like, you know, there's plastic free July or all of these sort of marketing events, um, which are really well intentioned and they are positive, of course. But what happens is that you get loads of people trying to change overnight cold turkey. And yes, that does work for some people, sure. Uh, but then for a lot of people, it doesn't. So I, I, I just like to emphasize that it's absolutely okay <laughs> to not be this complete green warrior who ticks mm -hmm. every single box. Everyone's priorities will be different. Um, so if for you, animal testing is the most important thing, but you don't care necessarily whether the products, the ingredients are vegan, then yeah. cool, you focus on that. That's better than trying to have products that are absolutely everything and then not having everything that you need, I suppose. Yeah. And I feel like now that a lot of people are more aware, it's like, I wouldn't call, I don't know if to call it a movement, but it's like people are more aware. So they are, as we're raising awareness, a lot more people are joining, you know, this journey of um, sustainability, which is great. So let's talk a bit more about your, about UpCircle. You mentioned using coffee grinds. So is it the, um, the waste product of, um, of the coffee? So when they've made coffee, the rest of the uh, chaff, is that what we'll call it? That's what you use? Or can you tell me a bit more about um, how that works and how you convert that into uh, exfoliators? You don't have to give me your business. <laughs> I'll give you don't every you percentage of every oil. <laughs> to be fair, we do, um, we do share DIY recipes of a lot of our products on our blog. Uh, I would try to keep it as transparent as possible. Don't get me wrong. There's also lots and lots of brands trying to find out how we've done it at scale because that's the one thing that no one else has managed to do. Um, so we obviously, we're collecting hundreds of kilograms a day from cafes and restaurants all over the city uh, and we're the only brand who've managed to scale it up and sell it on a global scale um, but I'm, no, I'm... I had, <laughs> you know I have a question I was going to say I think my question actually maybe I should let you answer then I'll ask <laughs> Okay, save it and we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, so the way it works with the coffee is if you think about it, well, if you're, if you're buying a coffee in a coffee shop, um, they often have that kind of cylindrical puck thing that they click underneath the machine and then they tap it out. Yeah. And what we're taking is the stuff that they tap out. So they, they're most frequently uh, called coffee grounds. Similarly, if you're making a, a coffee at home with a cafetiere or something like that, uh, and you put the coffee in, and then what is left underneath the French press is what we are using. Yeah. Um, so it's the physical sort of texture of that coffee, which makes it a really fantastic natural exfoliant. It's very gentle. Uh, and obviously it's natural it will biodegrade when it goes down the yeah. drain so no plastic microbeads uh, it's not scratchy it's very soft um, slightly more powdery so it won't uh, you know cause micro tears or anything like that it's suitable for sensitive skin and then one of the key turning points in our research um, which made me realize that this was an absolute no-brainer was when we found out that the level of antioxidants actually increases through the brewing process Does so it? It doesn't, it doesn't lose any of its skincare benefits through the fact that it's kind of used as such. It arguably gets even better for your skin. So at that point, we were like, wow, well, we, we should, <laughs> like, there is no reason not to do this. And then people, of course, love the story as well. So then um, we kind of launched with those products. We have scrubs for the body and then also scrubs for the face. 
the ones for the face are softer. And then we use specific oil blends to suit different facial skin types because people's facial skin is generally more sensitive or has different specific requirements. You know, someone with very dry or dehydrated skin uh, is going to need different oils than someone who uh, has acne prone or spot prone skin, for example. So we tailor them to the, uh, the different specific skin types. But then the functionality, the core base ingredients are are the same. So all of them are blended with shea butter and coconut oil. Um, and all of this was based on me buying loads and loads of exfoliators on the market and seeing what most people didn't like about them. And I think it's the same with soap bars. Often people use these products and yes, your skin will be smooth and soft, but then it will also feel like you've had a facelift and it's really tight um, and that's not pleasant. <laughs> so uh, we blend them with these really nourishing moisturizing ingredients so that you're getting both the exfoliation and then also moisturization at the same time. Um, and then that was where we kind of built out the concept from and designed the entire brand around that idea. So even the brand name, for example, UpCircle, mm -hmm. it alludes to upcycling, it alludes to the circular economy and the uplifting benefits of our products um, for both your skin and, and your general mental well-being. That's amazing. Do you have other products? So I know you've mentioned these scrubs and exfoliators. Are there other skincare products like creams and face washes or whatever that you also sell? Yes. So we've now broadened out and we repurposed 10 different byproducts into our range. And um, we've got loads and loads of different skincare products, but then also loads of plastic free accessories that you use as well. Mm. So I was I was shocked when I was reading about how efficient we are in the UK and the US, actually, the same statistics there of recycling out of our kitchens now but people are still not great at recycling out of their bathrooms so i wanted to make sure that i was also offering the products that you would often use with our skincare products so we do things like um, metal tube rolling keys which help you squeeze every little bit out you can use those on toothpastes and things like that uh, chrome metal safety razors that are a, a much better alternative than disposable razors uh, cotton buds things like that uh, and then going back to the core range we we moved on from the coffee to start working with brewed chai tea spices so um you know beautiful aromatic blend of chai spices that we dry out and infuse through our range of palm oil free soaps and then we started extracting oils so our best-selling face serum is made from the oil that we extracted from the coffee grounds we do a toner which is made with residual fruit water that's left over from the juicing industry wow. uh, our our eye cream is made with maple bark extract, which is a byproduct of the wood industry. And then we've got a nourishing face range. So a face mask made of powdered olive stones. Uh, we've got a moisturizer made with argan shells. So the outer kind of case of the argan fruit. Um, so yes, a huge variety of products that we've been working on. <laughs> every single one of them with a different byproduct ingredient. Wow. Five years. You've done so much. I feel like you've done so much already in five years. And I think the fact that you can actually come up with what, like thinking about what you could use, that sounds like so much hard work as well, because it's easy to just pick up, you know, ingredients that, you know, are well known, but thinking, going deeper and thinking about what can I use? What by, what can I use with this byproduct and make something really good out of it? I think it needs to be applauded. So, Oh, what? thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I will have to say sometimes I do think, oh, God, we've we've made our lives so difficult here because 
no one else there's no one that we can look to to see like how have they done it kind of thing uh we're the first people doing it at the scale that we're doing it so i'll have an idea um so like recently for example one of the premises that we work out of is a railway arch and all of the other arches are occupied by florists and so i noticed that they throw away all of their unsold flowers on a monday and I'm like, right, I want to start infusing bath products with flower petals yeah. that these guys are just throwing away because they're beautiful. They still look perfectly good to me. But then that, I, you know, I, that I'm like, okay, I've had the idea. That's the easy bit. Mm. Now it's how on earth am I going to go about making sure I can get the right amount, drying it, preserving it. All of this stuff is, is basically us figuring it out for the first yeah. time. But yeah, we've got a real kind of problem solving attitude and just dust yourself off and try and try and try and try again <laughs> takes a long time yeah so w- let's talk about because this was what I wanted to ask before about scaling so I saw on your website that you your products are obviously handmade but how do you scale that do you do that like do you sell when people order so you know some people are like some people's products are like made to order and things mm. like that but how do you scale with your products since they're handmade What's quite nice about us is that a lot of the partnerships that we have, so not necessarily the in-house UpCircle team, Mm. but there are people who work for UpCircle, like our branding agency or our manufacturers, who are sort of growing with us at the same time. So uh, we've worked with the same manufacturers from day one, and they've had to like buy new buildings and stuff to to keep up um, because they were quite quite small time. but obviously they're growing as we're growing. And I think it's so important when then, I mean, again, we're based in London. So doing all of the manufacturing in this city, it would be so costly. It would affect the entire product price. So for us at the moment, anyway, until potentially in the future, we might bring it all in house. It's so important that we get a manufacturing partner who shares our values and who understands what we're doing and why we're doing it. We have, we, you know, we honestly contacted so many who were just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put your coffee grounds in because little things happen. Like, you know, maybe a whole bean might slip through or something, which if you're using massive machinery could cause problems. But I mean, we don't make to order, but we, I would describe it as small batch. So you know, we, we've got the different locations that we're working with and the different, um, you know, we've got America and then we've got the place in, uh, in London and all of these other places that needed to be topped up all the time, but we're not sitting on huge volumes of stock. We keep it quite low level, which again is inevitable for a young brand because yeah. you don't have infinite money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really hard sometimes because we are making, you know, maybe, 500 units of one of the products at a time and you know that it will take you a matter of days to sell out of that so you're always kind of on this treading water sort of balance but that is just the reality of it until we have loads of money (laughs) which doesn't happen at the beginning for businesses (laughs) yeah Uh, but no it is it's it's handmade we we may introduce some elements of machinery in the future for the really manual bits so for example particularly when you're working with thick butters and creams like physically mixing that in huge batches is exhausting but it's all I would describe it as small batch uh with some light machinery just to alleviate the manual labor okay and what would you say is the hardest part of everything you're doing with UpCircle? 
Oh God, another massive question. Um, <laughs> I would say one thing that I find fr- a bit frustrating sometimes is that because we are the first people to do this, for example, getting certification for our products is really, really difficult. So we are a Soil Association and Cosmos certified brand generally, and we are very mutually supportive, as are our manufacturers. But a lot of our products can't be certified as organic because of the fact that they're using recycled ingredients. And things like that are really annoying because for consumers, often, rather than them having to do loads of research and homework on every single brand on a shelf, it's much easier to shop just by certification. So yeah. once, you know, if, if, if the thing that you care about is organic uh, and then you know just to look for that logo, then you're going to assume that our products aren't organic when they actually are. Uh, you just can't, we just can't put the stamp on it because of our whole circular economy ethos. So little things like that I find very frustrating because we're actually better than anyone else and yet we're being penalised yeah. um, because the, the kind of industry hasn't even caught up with what we're doing yet and I think that it will slowly but at the moment that's that's a bit annoying and then more recently I suppose this last nine months or coming up on a year now has been really difficult for building our team I'm you know definitely a people person and I want people working for us to be happy and included and for it to feel like a real team effort and it's been so difficult um you know, growing a brand when everyone's working out of their bedrooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, that's that's understandable. So you um Upcircle has hit five years, your five year anniversary. Woohoo! They always say if you can get to five years, then most likely you're you're on your trajectory up. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> what are your future plans for Upcircle? I think um there's there's kind of two elements of that really one is growing the range and then the other is growing the team so at the moment we are kind of struggling with keeping up uh with demand when we don't have enough people Mm. (laughs) so um in january we offered five new positions and at the moment we're hiring into a further three uh which is crazy because at the start of in in february last year we were a team of three and then already within a year um we have you know like times that by five at least so uh that that's kind of terrifying (laughs) um but really exciting so getting new people in to to grow the brand uh and then the other side of it is is growing the product range as well so uh this year alone i think we've got eight planned products that we're trying to put out an spf a night cream hand wash and hand lotion duo that we can hopefully roll out into the hospitality industry as it begins to open up looking at hand hand sanitizer as well for obvious reasons so that will hopefully open up a whole new industry uh, of potential stockists Mm. you know hotels restaurants bars and what's nice is that because we're collecting out of lots of these places for things like the coffee it ties really nicely to then also have our products in their bathrooms so that yeah that's that's kind of the plan really uh we've got a big focus this year on america which is terrifying <laughs> uh, so we're, we're launching in some big retailers out there and it's uh, yes yeah, scary business because it's, uh, it's all huge volumes mm. um like whole foods here i think there are like eight or nine stores whereas whole foods in america there's hundreds oh <laughs> so yeah we're working on all of that but it's very very busy and exciting 
that's exciting that's good so i'm going to ask my final question and this is more um thank you so much first of all for everything i've had a good time talking about off circle and what you guys do now i'm interested in trying some of the products good. <laughs> so i want to talk about um the final question is just what are your tips so like i said our audience you know includes women who are going through a lot they have um endometriosis or whatever other chronic illnesses and they're probably just trying to improve their health however they can improve what they're putting on their body because you know we're trying to stay away from as much chemicals as possible but do you have any tips or advice or you know just the you know some words on how they can make that move or make that change and you know some kind of words of encouragement to women who are in this position yeah absolutely I think the most important thing is to take it slow and uh, for it to be gradual I think like I mentioned earlier what's what you need to do is figure out what your priorities are with the things that you feel most passionately about and don't necessarily try to achieve everything at once so if for example you want a more sustainable uh, makeup routine or uh, you know better hair care products or whatever it might be you need to look at all of the kind of tick boxes that might be there is it vegan is it about packaging are you trying to get rid of plastic in in your bathroom um or is it that it's suitable for very, very sensitive skin or has no chemicals or whatever it might be? Um, identify those things and then just focus on that. Don't don't try to be perfect. Don't do that classic thing that lots of people do when they're like, right, I'm going to go for it. And they just empty all of their cupboards and buy everything new because that's exactly the opposite of, of what you want to do, really, if you're trying to be more sustainable. And and don't kind of knock yourself if if something that you have isn't isn't the best. Uh, as I was saying at the beginning, there's lots of things that I still have in my routine that aren't necessarily the most ethical products in the world, but that's okay. When I find the right one, then I'll switch it and, and that's good. Um, so don't be discouraged. Don't strive for perfection. Just do your bit to to make little improvements every every day. And that's the best you can do. Oh, that's amazing advice. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been fun having you here today. And to everyone listening, if you want to find um, Anna's products, you can go to www.upcirclebeauty.com. There are loads of amazing products on there that you can try and um, give it a go. So thank you so much, Anna. It's been fun today. <laughs> Such a nice way to start a Sunday morning, actually. We were thinking oh, yeah. maybe it's a bit early, but actually this has been really nice. This is good. This feels productive. So I feel like I've achieved something good. I can <laughs> we're just off to a, a good day. I can be a bomb the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much. I had a good time. I hope you did too. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. Amazing. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Anna as much as I did. If you want to know more or try out their products, please go to www.upcirclebeauty.com. There are so many awesome products on there, you'll be spoiled for choice. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to know. Join me on Instagram and Facebook. You can also join our community on Health Unlocked and ask any questions or share your stories. All of the links will be available in the show notes. Don't forget to share, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. If you also have any questions to ask or topics you would like me to discuss, 
feel free to shoot me an email on info at notdefinedbyendo.com. I love to hear from you all. Till next time, remember, you are not defined by Endo.